Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Bears on Tap. Our Chicago Bears are 1 0. Robert Knocker, a white knuckle up there, a 19 to 10 victory on our home field in a motherfucking monsoon with the blue Rangoon grass. What you talking about? The Bears are 1 0. We beat the San Francisco 49ers. Justin Fields is clear of Trey Lance. I got Joey in the house. I got Quinn in the house. Let's check in with Joey first. Joey, how are you today, my guy? Great, man. Great. Feeling good. I don't know how loud I can be on a mic today without being like overly obnoxious to people listening or watching. But like me and when I first started talking to Q and we got on here, I'm like, dude, this is fucking like, let's go. Let's go. I didn't see this happening after the, the first half, like the way the first half went. Um, you know, obviously I thought that they would win this game. As you can see in my handle right there, Bears money line with the hammers next to it. We were hammering it. So, uh, yeah, man, I, I feel great. Bears are 1-0 to start the year. What's better than that? Q, how about you, my guy? Luke gets he's a ringer, man. I was like, that whole first half, I was like, what on earth is this? What are we doing on offense? Like, this is more vanilla than what we even saw in the preseason. This is just run up the middle, screen pass, run up the middle, screen pass. And then second half, Justin Fields makes makes a play out of nothing. And then it's like the offensive playbook just opened up. Like, I don't know what why he needed to see Fields make some play to open it up, but it just changed everything when Fields made that big play to pass. We've talked about it all season or all offseason, if you will say, because it's the first week of the season. But we'll talk about it all season as well. Backyard bullshit. Plays that break down. Justin Fields is faster than you, and he could still make throws on the run. So why not? Like, both touchdowns, like, let's call it spade a spade. Both touchdowns were on broken plays. Broken in every aspect. Broken blocking, broken coverage. Like, just absolute ugly plays in terrible weather conditions that found a way to – to be better than the Niners on, and that was the difference in the game. Because, like you guys said, you go into the half down 10 nothing, and we're just sitting here like, fuck yeah, dude. Like, this is exactly what we dealt with all through Matt Nagy. We dealt, through the, we dealt with this through John Fox. Like, what are we doing here? Like, let's find a way to get some points. And then you talk about the play calls. They had no passes completed to a receiver or a tight end in the entire first half. Like, that is – just disgusting football to watch and of course we'll be here for 17 games and we'll be here to watch it but like they found a way with the adjustments in the second half the defense we talked about it all offseason as well the defense was going to be the unit that carried this team the defense kept them in the game keeping the Niners only at 10 points at the half and then you shut them out in the second half and you get a handful of turnovers like I have no complaints I could complain, but why the fuck would I? We're one and zero. Like we're one and zero, and we are on to week two, which is the Green Bay Packers, and those ball farters are playing right now. Yeah. Um, to touch on what you're talking about with broken, broken coverages, broken plays, that that second touchdown, that play design was gorgeous. He set it up the previous drive. The Niners didn't see it coming, and he called the right play that. Like, it's like broken coverages don't just happen that often. You know, like on occasion you'll see like like Kyler Gordon on the 40-yard pass that he gave up. That was a that was a straight broken coverage, you know, where he thought he had help behind him. He didn't, and he just gave the guy a free release behind him, and then the guy is 40 yards. But on that red zone play, that second touchdown, 
that was they created that with how they set it up, how they got um, the 49ers just thought a different play was coming and they they called their coverage to that play. And I would still like props to Getsy on that on that play. That was outstanding. Dude, I, I yeah, I, I don't know how you get that wide open with that Pettis one, too. It's just like, yeah. obviously, that one was like Fields just had to float that up. But he made that happen with his legs. You know, like Vidon said, like the backyard bullshit is like, you know, you – basically, that's all the Bears had going for them, like, up until that point and then – or even that point. Like, and then Getsy, you know, started kind of, like you said, you know, creating more avenues – for things to happen and, and create some more blown coverage too. But like that seemed more of like a, a backyard play right there with that yeah. one to Pettis. And it's like, all you had to do was just float it to him. And it's just, it's refreshing because like, I, I don't know what the final numbers were on those guys, but Komet had zero catches when I looked. Mooney had one catch for eight yards. Hey, Komet had My zero fan. catches because I bet on him. So don't blame Cole. Oh no, I'm not even I'm not even entirely blaming either one of them, obviously. Blame me. My fantasy <laughs> team is crying over Mooney, but yeah, <laughs> I, mine too, man. I got Mooney in a few uh at least a couple fantasy squads, so that's not it's not looking pretty for me there, but I just it's cool to me that I know they didn't have like a ton of passing yards today, obviously in these conditions and you know how ugly the first half looked and all that, but the guys that scored the touchdowns, Dante Pettis and then St. Brown, the other St. Brown, um, the Notre Dame St. Brown. Well, I, dude, it's it's refreshing that yeah, I had to get that shout in there. All three of my college teams died yesterday, so the Bears could live today. College football um, is not a sport. Yeah, it was just cool to see, man, that like the main production didn't even have to come from the two that everyone was expecting to get all the work and they're not going to have any other weapons. Those guys made plays. So, you know, if this continues, I like where this is heading. Yeah. And I think on the defensive side of the ball, like you talk about consistent pressure, Trey Lance in the first half, even though they scored 10 points, like it could have been a lot more, but the front seven kept pressure on Trey Lance. And then obviously you talk about, course of the game Elijah Mitchell goes out so obviously that takes an effect on the Niners offense but still like every single play this defense came to to the to the call and honestly like aside from the Bills defense will we see another team hold anybody this week to 10 points only probably not so unless anything else crazy happens the rest of the week in the NFL which Maybe you know, maybe the Seahawks only score ten points. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Monday. Maybe Geno, Geno, maybe. So at the very worst, you're looking at you know three defenses that held teams to ten points, and the 49ers do not have a cupcake chicken shit offense. They have an offense that is capable of scoring points. We don't know what they look like with Trey Lance. We talked about it in the pregame. We were not scared of Trey Lance. There was no one on the Niners. I mean, if you have Kittle, different Neither story, but. But but is Kittle worth is Kittle worth nine points? I don't think so. Like I think even if Kittle plays, we probably still win this game. So I think he set out this game because he loves the Bears so much. I really do. Yeah, no, he is he is a Bears fan. But yeah, I mean, you look at the numbers: Fields eight of seventeen, one hundred twenty-one yards on the ground. He had thirty-seven carries for ninety-nine yards. So you really only had. 
220 yards flat on offense, and you found a way to win a football game. So it's not about being flashy. It's not about, you know, running out the score. We love the fantasy points and the prop bets to hit and all that shit. But the Bears found a way to win a football game against a team that most have considered already before we even played a snap a playoff team. You have to be happy as one of us today, right? Yeah. Um, as far as the offensive stats go, more than the individual stats, and like I, on our on our pregame, we we talked about the stats that we care that what we wanted to see uh, as far as offensive stats go, and I said I wanted to see two red zone touchdowns, four drives of fifty yards or more, and three total touchdowns. Today, they were two for two in the red zone, so you check one of those off. They had three touchdowns, check two of those off. They only had two drives of 50 yards or more. So that's a, that's a solid, like, B as far as I'm concerned. I mean, you especially once you factor in the weather, like, the getting four drives of 50 yards or more became tougher. Um, but generally, I'm I'm happy with their offensive production. I, you know, Fields' individual stats, I they're producing points, man. They were moving the ball in the second half there. As long as we don't see too many more first halves like that, it's exciting. I would like to take a moment to discuss what we are talking about to say that despite the uh, the English Premier League not playing this weekend, we turned into a soccer league because there is about to be two ties, two ties in week one of the NFL season. So the Colts and Texans have already tied, and the Steelers and Bengals are about a minute and a half away from tying in week one. So, hey, man, that hits my under and my Steelers plus hey, seven and a half. Hey, so. ex- hey, and that's what that's, you always <laughs> take the points. You always take the points. You know what I'm saying? So, weird week one. Like, there wasn't, well, if the Steelers pull it off, that would be about just as big of an upset as us beating the Niners. But you could even hear it in the broadcast, like towards the end when the broadcast was kind of like, well, shit. Uh, Trey Lance just turned the ball over on downs. Uh, this game's kind of over. Like we're kind of yeah. we're kind of shell shock here. We did not expect this, and I was just like, okay, like go fuck yourself. Like how about you give us a little blowies for for coming out and doing our job on our home field? Especially they didn't seem too excited to call that, did they? No, dude, and fuck it, right? Like we're one and zero. The the Kurds are down right now, and. If I have to bet on the Packers for them to lose, then that's – we'll start a GoFundMe to, to bet on the Packers every week so they lose every week because I don't know if I can financially afford that. But <laughs> week one, I'll take one for the team. But they are down 7 to nothing right now to the fighting Kirk Cousins. So, hey, we're 1-0 right now. Defensively, outside of like a few plays, like I really, really love what I saw out of Jaquan Brisker. I love what I saw out of Kyler Gordon. Jalen Johnson had a nice, beautiful tribute to, to Peanut Tillman with, oh. the peanut, with the Peanut Punch. And they were talking about how he wears number 33 because of Peanut. So, personally, I think Peanut's number should be retired, but that's a different story for a different day. What were your thoughts on specifically the newcomers on this team? Because they talked about it on the broadcast that the Bears' roster was 64% new players this season, as opposed to what we had the last game of last season. Yeah. Juan Brisker. Oh, go ahead, Joey. No, it, I mean, you're you bring up the same person I wanted to bring up first. I was he just saying, looked like a stud, man. Yeah, he's a dude. 
Jaquan Brisker is a dude. He's not a guy. He's a dude. Like, that's a big differentiation. And he looked like it. He played like it. He he was a motor for them in a lot of ways. Um, and then all along the D-line, bunch of new guys. You know, um, Dominique Robinson. Yeah. I mean, we, we had – we had number 33 and 91 flying around and making plays. And I just couldn't stop thinking about peanut Tillman and Tommy Harris. Like it just, it brought me back to good times. Um, Jones was getting good push in the interior. Something we talked about in the pregame, the 49ers interior line is not up to snuff bunch of new guys as well. The bears need to get a push there and they did. So a sack and a half for Robinson on his debut. Jeez. So he looked dude, he was all over, man. He was all over. Dude. Sniffing around the ball, like he, he was getting pressure. I mean, Robinson looks legit. I mean, it's just one game, obviously, but like for that a ma- guy that, that action, baby. That um, action. That action hustle, that yeah. action fight. fight. Um, He's only played nine games before today on the D line. Yeah, converted wide receiver. Like who is a converted quarterback? <laughs> <laughs> He's wild, man. I, I I love it. And then Muhammad made a player too, too. Yeah, he um, stood. I, I honestly, I could throw. I could throw it to the whole D line. Uh, all the new guys in the D line. They they were getting push. Um, and it it changes everything when you got quality coverage talent and getting that push. So sabermetric stat of the day, Mitch Trubisky and Justin Fields are 2-0 and when Matt Nagy is not a head coach in the NFL. Oh, that's a terrific stat. So, Thank you, Scott. Me mentioning the fact that the Steelers were about to tie and push them into the into the win. So shout out, Mitch. But, dude, I was honestly, like, sitting there at halftime, like, sick. Like, we're about to get blown out. It's 10 nothing. They get the ball. Like, they'll probably they'll probably be the next team to score, right? Like, you, you're basically saying next team to score is the most important drive in this game, right? Because if the Niners go up 13 or 17, it's a lot different than if you're just up 10 nothing. And the Bears find a way to get a few stops and then a broken play. You get Dante Pettis in the end zone. Remember, we were talking about two, three weeks ago, like, uh, who, who makes this team? Is Dante Pettis on this team? Fuck yeah, Dante Pettis is on this <laughs> team. And he made his presence very felt today. His his presence was not just felt on that play. He had quite a few solid plays out there this afternoon. And it was never going to be pretty. Like, if you go and you beat a team that is seven-point favorites against you, like, you're probably not going to blow them out, right? Like, it's not going to be all sunshines and rainbows. Like, it's probably going to be ugly. It's probably going to be a game that you sit back and look at, like, hey, any means necessary. And Matt Eberflus, I've said it, and Q, I know you've said it too. That's a guy that just looks like he was born to coach football. And today, the adjustments were made. The whiteboard is probably scribbled to shit. Like, every marker is probably out of ink on that whiteboard. And they found a way to get over the hump in the half in the halftime break. And it looked like a totally different team in the second half. So, I know we talked about his debut prior to this. You know, he was a linebacker at Toledo. This is a guy that has lived, breathed, and died football. But what would you guys say for Matt Eberflus in week one of football that is important? actually counts towards the standings um penalties man 
big difference in penalties between these two teams. The Bears are the more disciplined team today, and it went a long way towards their victory. I mean, 49 Other than the towel, right? Yeah, other than the <laughs> towel. Just stupid. I, uh, I marked Rural. down Trenton Gill for a loaf on that one. Uh, I'm going to send it into Matt myself. But um, 49ers, 12 penalties for 99 yards. Bears had three penalties for 24 yards. I mean, that, that's – and no penalties in the second half from the Bears. That's a world of difference. That's – that. I mean, that's the difference of a touchdown when you really think about it. 99 minus 24, that's 75 or 70. Yeah, 75, and that's a touchback to the end zone. That's that's the amount of yards that the Niners gave up in penalties. It's a big difference. This this team, if they're going to play more discipline like this all season, which I think, you know, this game, you guys touched on it. I think, Q, you mentioned it on the, the preview show. I tuned in for a little bit of that. Um, you talked about how long, you know, you got, you just said, you talked how long he's been just coaching football and waiting for this moment. And like, you know, damn well, this was not just another game, like, especially for him coaching, getting his first opportunity. And then, you know, you play against the 49ers who everyone's projecting to beat you. You're on home soil. They come in here. It's sloppy weather. Like this just played all into his hand as far as like a defensive type of game goes. And you can, and like, how excited do you think like Roquan Smith was just kind of branching for a second just to get back out there and play football? Cause that dude looked like he was all over the place, but like flus, man, I think, yeah. Have you ever heard of the towel rule? I've never heard of that towel rule until today. Like literally when it happened, uh, a punter brings out a towel because your field is a disaster and tries to help himself, uh, you know, clean up the field. Like I, <laughs> I don't know. I didn't know that was a penalty till today, but man, yeah, the discipline is definitely there. And like, I like how they went about attacking Trey Lance too, for the most part, like, you know, I, the secondary improving, I think is a big impact on what they're able to do, but you know, up front and then even with the linebackers, but like, I, man, this is a big game for him and him able to pull it out. It's just, it's cool to see from a coach who you didn't know exactly how, what you were going to get, especially the, like Scott says here, the second half adjustments are cool and tough. Like Getsy, man, he made adjustments too offensively that we kind of touched on here. And uh, I, we, we, he needed to, like, there's no way around it. Uh, Trey Lance looked rattled though in the second half, like that defense, he seemed like he was getting a little bit rattled. He wasn't getting good grip on the football either. So that plays into it, but um yeah, it's cool to see from from uh, Eberflus. Definitely looks like a real football coach, a head coach in this league. Yeah, and I mean, we have higher expectations than most other Bears fans. A lot of people, I would say outside of our comment section and the people that aren't like extreme jagoffs in our comment section on Twitter when we post an article, are all on board the like, let's – find a way to win eight or nine football games. Yeah, we're probably not going to make – we probably won't make the playoffs, but, like, let's let this young team grow. I heard Jim Miller talk about it on the broadcast on uh, Fox before they switched it over to the national broadcast, and it's just, like, these type of things are refreshing to see young players like this play well. Now, obviously, Justin Fields did not have his best game, but if you notice in the second half, when they said, Justin, fuck it, you run a 4-4, it's slippery out there. Just run the ball. 
let's yeah. run, let's let's run a call. They made me not have been designed runs, but Justin Fields finding. I, let me pull up his rushing total. I don't think he had like a crazy amount, but he had to have had, like, at least, Yeah, I was gonna say like close to thirty yards, but it seemed like specifically in that third quarter, the runs that he took were timely, and that's something that we talked about all season last season where it's like you're very quick. You are the one of the fastest players on the field at any given time that you're on the field, especially in a game like this. Let's let's utilize your legs. And it was unfortunate because the offensive line did not have their best showing today. It's hard to gain footing in, in shitty field conditions like this and then talk about going up against Bosa. Like he's one of the best in the league, if not the best. So it's not something that comes lightly. So I, I actually thought, dude, just, just real quickly, I thought Braxton Jones actually didn't do a terrible job on Bosa. Yeah. Him what, in what particular, you expect, like, you know, week one, where yeah. you expect, it's like, dude, just go out there and do your fucking best buddy. Like we yeah. we're not asking. I know I'm a, de- I'm, I'm a asshole. And I said, you know, let's, let's hold them to a clean sheet. Like let's not let Justin Fields get sacked one time. I'm sure that was not the case because he got sacked on the first drive, like the first third down. But they held him up enough for us to have more points than the other team. And if Magic Johnson was counting points, he would say that we won the game. So that's all that we care about here at Bears on Tap. Uh, Other than that, like, what would you guys say, like, stuck out for a week one game or just an NFL game watching this team that you – you didn't really expect coming into this season looking at them through the preseason. Um, I'm I'm back to questioning Monty's fit in this offense. Mm. Definitely. Um, 17 carries for 26 yards while Khalil Herbert jumps in and gets nine carries for 45 yards. Uh, I'm instantly questioning who's the better fit for the scheme that they're running. I mean, there were a handful of runs where – I thought Monty had a hole and he was just slow to recognize it. And, and honestly, he's probably his lack of a top gear is probably exaggerated in these conditions because of how wet the field is. He just, you know, everyone gets a little slower, but I need to see some more bursts from him next week and some better vision or else I'm, you know, if, I, if I'm the Bears coaches, I'm sitting there spending extra time with Khalil Herbert on his pass pro. Yeah, I kind of mentioned it earlier, but I feel like to me what really stuck out was the defense obviously was one of them. And like the young guys that came in, those two, like Dominic Robinson and uh, Jaquan Brisker, those guys really just stuck out to me. But also the playmakers outside of the main playmakers that we thought we were going to get, you know, making all the plays like like St. Brown and Pettis stepping up today. Like I know it wasn't huge. They didn't have monster games or anything like that. It was just a couple of big plays or uh, key plays. But the fact that they were able to use those guys in those situations, even if one of them was really, really backyard bullshitty, uh, you know, it, it, it gives me hope that maybe they'll draw some attention. Some of these other guys can draw some attention and impact other games where you'll see Mooney open up under better conditions, I mean, I, I'm assuming that Komet's not going to be held to many zero-catch games. I mean, Mooney's not going to have many one-catch games, right? So under better conditions, I think this could really open things up down the road. So 
that, that's kind of some of the things that stuck out to me. And then, um, cause I don't want to be such a downer where I'm going to something bad. So I'm going to, I'm going to say something good too. Cause I got a few other things on here. Um, hell of a game plan by the defensive defensive staff. I mean, they were like when you mentioned Trey Lance earlier, I said, you said we were not scary. Trey Lance and neither were the bears because at least as a thrower, they weren't, they were, mm-hmm. they were having their edges set hard edges to contain him in the pocket and make him beat them from the pocket or running up the middle towards the backers. He wasn't, he wasn't getting out on the edge and able to do damage outside as a runner. I think that was a big factor today that combined with the simulated pressures that he was throwing at the, at the uh, Niners on passing downs. This was something that you saw a lot of in last year, the Colts beat the Niners. Um, what was it? 30, 30 to 18 in very similar game, actually raining the whole game, 60 mile an hour wins. Very, very similar game. Um, and the whole time, every third down, every passing down, Eberflus was setting up simulated pressures, which is where linebackers, maybe a nickel back is coming up and showing blitz pre-snap. So you have like seven guys show like between the four down linemen and the handful of other guys showing blitz. And you don't know who's coming or where they're coming from at that point. And four of those guys are going to drop three, four of those guys are going to drop and three, four of them are going to be coming for you, but you don't know the offensive line and the quarterback doesn't know which ones. And that's what we saw him do some more of that today. Bury it up. Like, especially in the double a gap, bringing the two linebackers down right up on the center. One comes one drops the next time they both, they both drop. Uh, the next time maybe they both come and a D lineman drops into that gap is just it just very well done by Eberflu or by uh, Williams there actually because Eberflu isn't calling the defense. Yeah, and for me it's like hostile environment even though it's a home game, but you're talking about like this was if you went outside to go walk your dog or you went outside to go grab the mail or grab something out of your car. You came back inside looking like you jumped out of a pool. So not the easiest conditions to come back from down 10 nothing, especially with a new regime and an offense that at the time had, fuck, we had like 38 total yards at the half. So mm-hmm. I think adjustments-wise, composure-wise, you talk about the penalties. Well, they have only four penalties. Uh, three. Three penalties. That's something we all in the first half. That's something we talked about in the preseason too. The the lack of having those type of mistakes, where like if you watch any other game, you see how undisciplined teams are. How many face masks cost cost the 49ers today? Exactly, and face masks. That's that's a little fifteen piece. That's that's three five yard little increments. (laughs) So normally you just get like five yards, maybe ten on a penalty, but you get punished to the fullest extent. You get the electric chair for that. And maybe if you look at it like this, like the Bears never thought that the Niners were the better team because if you look at the way we played them last year, we were winning that game for, what, three quarters? Like we, yeah. we fucking blew it at the end. A little bit different. This kind of reminded me of the first game of the preseason, even though those games, those wins and losses don't really matter. You go into it first half, don't really have anything going. The defense came to play. 
it was apparent that the young guys, especially Brisker, like Brisker is someone that I hope that turns into like a Mike Brown level superstar for us. Like obviously well, we don't have like the Ed Reeds or the Sean Taylors for the Bears, but we have like our Chris Harris's, our Mike Browns, our Eddie Jacksons. I want him to be in, in that group of our safeties, like where it's just like when we look that when we sit back ten years from now, maybe we'll have the pod still, whatever you want to say, we can say that Jaquan Brisker, as you will say, is a dude and not a guy. And there is a difference. And we saw that today. Luckily we didn't have uh what would you say, fifteen yard penalties for like unnecessary roughness, but the hits and the pressure was there from the defense to where it's like, yeah, these these are some hungry defenders that come out there and hit you in the mouth. Well, on the note of uh, Fields getting a few of those roughing calls, so huge. Yeah. Not just for this game, but because going into next week, Joe Barry's going to be telling the Packers defense all week, don't you hit him late. Don't don't get caught on this. That's 15 yards. Like, And uh-huh. they're going to be conscious of it. And then he can use that to his advantage too. You know, there, there's so many – like he can – like we think back to – just stay with me on this. Think back to like 2006 when the Bears played the Patriots and Tom Brady juked Brian Urlacher. It's because he kind of gave a little hesitation and then just went the other way. Brady used it to his advantage there. It's not because Brady's so agile and athletic. You know, we all know that. But it's Fields can start to use that a little bit as he starts to get the respect around the league for getting those calls. That's a great point. That's a great point. I think, uh, honestly, dude, like it's going to really open it up. He's going to get more yards on the ground this year, definitely. And like, even though this was a game that played into that where he can take advantage of that. But uh, something, another thing that stuck out to me too was the takeaways. Like we talked about Jaquan Brisker, but Eddie Jackson, minutes before it happened, and, and I actually – bet on this him to get an interception you you mentioned it I, I believe Quentin Quentin in the uh pre-show about him getting a pick in this game like minutes before it happened I said there's an Eddie Jackson pick incoming and I already bet it pre like plus 700 or something whatever I should put more money on it put like a dollar on it nothing uh but man if they can get back to takeaways this Bears defense like they had two today if they can get back to takeaways which is obviously something that Fluce is preaching Man, that's how you're going to surprise some teams this year. That's how you're going to win more games. You have to do that, I think, if you're an under-talented team compared to most teams just looking at it on paper. You've got to take the ball away, and you've got to capitalize when you take the ball away. And for the most part, they did that. So I think that was a big part of this game. Yeah, and if you look at the box score for what it is, we were out-possessed by – God, like I want to say over seven minutes, about seven minutes on the dot. And then they outgained us by 127 yards. So one of those games that you just sit back and look and say, sports are dumb sometimes. And they simply were not able to adjust to whatever we did at halftime in the locker room. And Shanahan sitting out there in his stupid hat with his stupid little windbreaker just getting smoked by the rain and getting smoked by the Bears, as you see behind Quentin's head, as you see the little 49er 
just eaten alive in the fair. <laughs> I mean, it as Joey, as you alluded to earlier, as there's only one person on this podcast that saw their college football team do anything worth shit yesterday. I won't say that because NIU left their fucking meat on the table to try and win the game. I came into today like needing a Bears victory like I needed air. Yes. And at halftime, it was not looking hot. And I'm just like, dude, why Why do I do this? Like, why do I wake up and, and just get hyped up for game day? But we're 1-0. We're on to the Green Bay Packers. The Packers are, as stated earlier in the comment section of this podcast, still losing 7 to nothing. So as of right now, the Chicago Bears are in first place in the NFC North Division, and no one can tell me otherwise. But – for this week, one battle with the San Francisco 49ers. Who are your guys' offensive and defensive players today? Offensively, um, I'm, I'm, I mean, Justin Fields is an obvious answer, so I'm not going to go with that one. Um, I'm, I'm going with Khalil Herbert. When he started getting more touches, the offense started rolling, and it, it all just kind of started – falling together um so I'm, I'm taking him i mean nine nine touches or nine rushes 49 yards i think it was or 45 yards and he was getting efficient carries out of an offensive line that was not blocking that great what about on the defensive side of the ball on defense I'm going with uh, with Roquan. He he was hit like there were. Uh, so I had Roquan marked down for four four negative plays and seven positive plays, um, and a handful like I think three of those positive plays were plays where you know he gave up maybe five, or not gave up. Trey Lance might have gotten five yards but he brought him to the ground with his full weight on him. Like, he he hammered him. Oh, yeah. He, he made was... him feel every hit, and I think that took a toll in this game. And that that's – he made a young quarterback very uncomfortable and very hesitant. Yeah, he came up laboring on, on – especially on one of them that I saw. I'm like, whoa, like – that's and they even said so much too on the broadcast of him just falling right on top of him. It's like, yeah, that looks like it hurts Trey Lance a little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess for my offensive, only the one big play, but he was so wide open. I mean, I don't even know like if you can really give it to him. Fields made the play happen, but like, like you said, you know, kind of leaving Fields out of this because he was pretty much the obvious factor on on offense that you know, made things go for the most part, even though he didn't have the greatest game. Like early in the game, it was like, man, there's some scary plays there, obviously with that interception too, but I don't want to go too far down on it. But um, I'll give it to Dante Pettis, I think, for that big that big play. Um, was it like a 51-yarder for the score? So that was huge at the time, especially. Um, and then on defense, I will go with, I'm going to go with Dominic Robinson. I just – Dominic Robinson was just – seemed like an animal, and he was all around. He got that, like you guys said, a sack and a half. Um, I think he – did he force a fumble or did he recover a fumble? I can't remember if he, he forced uh, recovered. recovered it. Okay. That was – was that the uh, 
Wait, you know, he might not have. That one might have been called back. I thought he had a I thought he had no, a No, that one got called. Yeah, like, no, uh, he was he down. Oh, okay, that's right. That's right. Yeah. But he still had a great game nonetheless. He was all around the all around the ball, it seemed like getting pressure. So uh Robinson for me, the stepping up in your first ever game. Wait, beat on how many yards did you say the Bears had in the first half? God, 38? I don't know. I, I, I got 31. Yeah, it wasn't a lot. I don't know. I said 38, but that was just me bullshitting. I mean, yeah, it was in the 30s, I think. So I'm, I'm just going to say it was 31. So in the first half, the Bears were outgained 189 yards to 31. In the second half, that was 142 to 173. So the Bears outgained them in the second half. Wow. Story of two halves. Yeah. That's, That's huge. Why. That's why they play four quarters, ladies and gentlemen. For me, on the offensive side, it was terrible. I still am not happy. Regardless of the weather or whatever, like it wasn't ideal on offense. But if I had to pick someone, I'd say Cole Komet. Just kidding. <laughs> Such a jag off. I mean. <laughs> Go with the other Notre Dame guy, though. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Yeah, give me, give me my guy EQ, right? Equinamia St. Brown. Packers fans put this man in a coffin and effectively said, like, his NFL career was over. He's not going to do anything when he comes to the Bears. Like, all this bullshit, right? This guy came out there. Granted, it was only one play. It was only a flash. It was one play, one touchdown, one catch, 18 yards. And although the Niners did end up rebuttaling, we found a way to win this football game. And that was, like, the final touchdown for this game. So... We'll call it a game winner, if you will. But it was great to see him get in the end zone. And then, too, it was wild. Within, I would probably say about two minutes before he scored, his brother scored for the Lions. So the St. Brown house was probably shaken, probably mad lit to be in. But both St. Browns scored if you had them on your face. If you just went for the St. Brown duo and, like, put EQ in your – in your flex and just got real nasty with it. You at least got eight points and a quick flash. Like yeah, not Mr. terrible. Universe ran into his garage and started bench pressing after it happened. Exactly. So <laughs> it, it, it's not a game that, like I said at the beginning of the pod, we're going to sit back and look at like, hey, statistically we killed them. The numbers were there. Everybody was eating. It was a couple quick strikes, a couple quick plays to get the lead, and we find a way to win a football game. On the defensive side of the ball, I'm going with my man, the brisk man of T, Jaquan Brisker. Similar to Robinson, first game in the NFL. You never you never really know what to expect with the guys first game in the NFL, but you play against a team that is about as physical as you'll play all season. And you yeah. look like the more physical player on the field. You get my hard hat of the game. You get my player of the game. And I look forward to seeing how Jaquan Brisker continues to look or continues to look and grow in this defense. And then we talked about Eddie Jackson having the ability to play center field. I'm not saying that Jaquan Brisker was like a direct product to Eddie Jackson getting that interception, but it happened. Eddie Jackson got an interception. We talked about maybe you play a little Willie Mays, maybe he plays a little center field this year. Happens first week of the season while Brisker looks good. While Jackson looks good, Jackson came up and he was tackling today. Like, I haven't seen Eddie Jackson tackle since he won number four at Alabama. 
He and was flying man, a little faster than he I did. That man had a little bit of hunger behind him. So I put think, some hits out there for sure. I think defensively you could go a bunch of different ways, but overall, like I'm very happy with the performance today. And we're one and zero, and we are on to Green Bay. Do you guys have any final wrap up thoughts before we close out today's show? Yeah, I'm just gonna run through from my from my preview article the three keys I had for the game. Um, number one was. Larry Borm and Braxton Jones being able to limit Nick Bosa. I mean, I Fields was constantly under pressure, but I should include Fields in this too because the quarterback has a lot to do with taking sacks, and he didn't take many. So I'd say that they they navigated that well despite struggling with pressure, um, especially in the first half. But in the second half, they cleaned that up a lot. Number two was how Eddie Jackson and Jaquan Brisker uh fared in the uh chess match with Trey Lance. I think it's pretty clear that they won that one. Uh number three was Luke Getze and Justin Fields in the chess match against D'Amico Ryans and Fred Warner. The first half was clearly won by D'Amico Ryans and Fred Warner. But the second half, I think it was the other way around. And I think that's the half that mattered more. I mean it is the half that mattered more. Yeah, I mean you said it right there. Like, where were the halftime adjustments when Matt Nagy was the coach here? It's the only time I'm going to say his name on this show right now. But it's it's encouraging. You know, it's not everything. With If you have a great game plan going into it, but you have to be able to adjust somewhat to what the other team is presenting you with. And if they're shutting things down, you got to make some sort of adjustment. Um, clearly, even on defense, they made – pretty damn good adjustments in the second in the second half or going into it so that was big to me um and obviously man i like the end of the game i like the end of the game when they're diving across that swamp stupid bermuda wet bermuda field that they had today but it I, don't was, even, I don't even remember what the fuck i called it at the beginning of the episode <laughs> <laughs> i don't even know either but dude like the, the swamp the alligators were out there um, it was cool to see though that that they uh just I don't know that moment to me was just cool as hell because it's like that got me as pumped as just the win in itself. Like that's what doing. working your ass off all summer looks like when you go into week one and you take care of business, right? Because mm-hmm. if not, if we end up losing that game, they're just like fuck, I'm I'm pissed off. It's raining, I'm cold, like I would like to go back to the locker room. But instead, they're doing the slip and slide. They're having fun. Matt Eberflus is 1-0, 4-0 if you count the preseason. I count the preseason, so that's – Yeah, Eberflus has been telling these guys all all summer, you put in the work, it'll pay off. You put in the work, it'll pay off. You can and see that you don't, win the, you don't win the first game or, like, like, if you just get blown out, it's real easy to stop listening. You can't win over six and a half games if you don't win week one. That's not Facts. necessarily true, but today it is. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's not actually. And, number one rule of sports gambling. Yeah, and the Bears come into this game for most of this week at plus seven and like plus 250 and above on the money line. Cash both. Unfortunately, Quentin did not check the weather report for his over, but it, it would have hit if it was a nice day. We just ran out of time. We ran out of time. That's yeah. all I'll say. You know they lowered it. They lowered it to uh, the total like thirty-seven and a half. I saw it before the game. Yeah, no, 
So people Oops. were people were pounding Didn't nothing into Bolivian. <laughs> but look it. No. I, I don't care how the wins come. I don't care if it's by one point or nine points. We found a way to beat a team that on paper and wear all the blue check marks and wear all the suits in the NFL game talk and say they're a better team than us. We went out there and we beat them. We're better than them. I don't care. We are 1-0. We are on to Green Bay. We'll be back with you guys midweek this week to get you guys prepared for the Green Bay game. I don't have a live update, but, oh, yeah, Green Bay turned it over in the red zone, so they are still absolutely shitting their pants, and the Bears are in first place. And until we talk again, we are still in first place. So, with that being said, this was Bears on Tap presented to you by OnTap Sportsnet. I'm your host, Brandon Suarez. You can follow me on Twitter at BDON300. You can follow my co-host, Joey, at Joey Knows Nothing. And then you can also follow Quentin at ButtKissStats. Don't forget to throw our, our main page a follow at Bears on Tap. Like I said, we'll be back to you guys Wednesday to get you guys ready for Packer Week. Our ready division matchup week to rivalry the team that we hate the most. But just like we did this week, we're going to dissect how we're going to find a way to win a football game. And then the team's going to go out there and do it on Sunday. But again, this was Bears on Tap. We appreciate you for listening. We'll be back to you guys on Wednesday. And bear down. Bear down. Aaron Rodgers' haircut is ridiculous, and he looks like the Mushroom Field mobster, and the Bears won a freaking football game to start their bear down. It's like we get it, Aaron Rodgers. You do drugs. Ayahuasca forever.